it's not the drug of satisfaction, it's the drug of anticipation. Sadness is a sensation of being stuck. Mental health diagnosis is dynamic. I'm just addicted to this. Yeah, sure. Yeah, there's a stigma because people don't want to feel seem weak. They don't want to seem like that people want to be strong so that people invest in them, you know, because you want bases covered. Okay, cool. I need a job. I need a relationship. I need a security. Hello and welcome to the Wise and Well podcast. I'm Taz Falconer, an entrepreneur and movement advocate. But what I'm really obsessed with is the concept of curating a world-class life and learning the mindset that goes into it. These are meaningful conversations with some of the people who I feel can help us do just that. Each episode, we share wisdom and wellness insights that will help us on our journey to design our world-class life. Nina, thank you so much for doing this today. Thank you for giving us your time. I know you have so much value to offer. Um, so I'm really excited to have you here. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Taz. Thanks so much for having me. I'm uh, I'm excited to be here. You know, I walk past the studio almost every day. <laughs> I'm such a mall rat, but not like in a cool way. I'm just always at like clicks or discam. Oh. <laughs> discam. Okay, let's not get into discam. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I know that everybody's got their discam fantasy and, you know, that it's like this trap. I do discam, but for some reason, uh, I... I like like a small clicks where I can hide and just like do medicine, you know, like okay. if you, I have like two medicine cabinets, but mostly with supplements in. Okay, okay. You know, like I've got like my one small box with my actual meds in and then emergency meds in case anything else happens because uh, I'm terrified of something happening and me not being prepared because I live alone. And, you know, like if something happens, there's I can't like, you know, if you have a tummy ache in the middle of the night, mm -hmm. uh, what are you going to do? Phone an ambulance? No, you're not going to phone an ambulance. You need like a busker pan. So I try and make sure that I've got all the range of things that happen in the middle of the night. And then... Prepared much? <laughs> uh, yeah. And then all the vitamins and all the supplements, um, you know, from your collagen to your omegas to your moringas to your things. And sometimes I, I forget to take them completely, mm. but they're there. They're you know? there. Moringa... I started taking it recently. Mm. It's very overwhelming to me. I can't take it. Yeah, it, it took me a long time to get into it at first as well. It like would actually make me sick. Yes. Uh, and I was like, uh, and they also suggested you have it on an empty stomach. So mm. uh, I couldn't take it. And also like when I first started drinking green tea in the morning, I can't drink green tea on an empty stomach. It makes me sick. So yeah, I've only recently started taking the Moringa again and... Yeah, I, what is it that it, what does it do to you? So, okay, when I take it, I just, I feel like I don't ingest it well. I feel sick, like almost nauseous. Yes, me too. But for the whole day. Oh, if really? If I take it like in the morning, I don't really feel great for the whole day. Um, Maybe the way that we're taking it is wrong. Maybe we're possibly. supposed to like, because a lot of people like sprinkle it on their food. Oh, yes, like, I was taking it in a smoothie. I was taking it uh, as a, as a capsule and it was making you feel sick yeah oh wow so i don't know I, I don't know maybe we need some advice maybe there's people that are yeah. moringa experts that can tell yeah. us maybe it's too super food for yeah. us yeah or maybe we're taking too much too mm. soon because some of these things you have to sort of introduce into your diet yeah maybe it's that i think initially i would say that was probably the thing i was taking a few things and moringa in the same yeah so i started pulling things out and then I just realized actually this moringa it's a lot yeah, for me yeah but yes i i believe it's like such a superfood i want to know about it yeah try to reintroduce it i try and like 
um, do as much good to my body because I do quite a lot of bad to my body as well, you know. Um, like what? Like oh, I recently started smoking again. I was busy telling you offline, um, which was uh, sort of obviously a, like a knee-jerk reaction to like quite a lot of personal stress and anguish and, you know, grief and stuff that was happening in my life. As a recovering alcoholic and drug addict, if I'm having like a like something that's unbearably painful – I can't like have a glass of wine or smoke a joint or whatever it is that people do to like take the edge off. I can't even take like mind altering, like I can't take a Xanor or anything, anything, any of those kinds of meds that have like opioids or benzos or anything like that. So I have to genuinely just face everything that (laughs) happens in my life head on all the time. And it requires a system and I, I don't often use the system and then I forget and I'm like why am I suffering and then I'm like oh you're not using the tools that you learned to do this thing and I started reading this morning for some reason I woke up at half past five this morning I never wake up at half past five I'm a 10 a.m kind of girl because I work late at night mm. as a comedian you know sometimes I only get to sleep at like two three in the morning because we work at night and the adrenaline is up high and then by the time you're like wind down and stuff it's like two o'clock in the morning and then you it's hard for me to be up uh, early because I also need if I don't get seven hours sleep I tweak so anything less than seven hours is very hard for me if I get like six and a half even I start like feeling shivery and shaky and it can affect my mood and all kinds of things so um I woke up at half past five this morning and I I I've been meaning to read this book that I bought called The Molecule of More and it was so helpful because I went through some, I'm going through like a bit of a roller coaster with this relationship that's, uh, anyway, it's just a disaster. So it's sort of like, and me sort of like having to rein in my emotions the whole time. And it's exhausting having to like rein in your emotions. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why am I having to do this? This is nonsense. Why am I reining in my emotions? I just want to feel what I want to feel, you know? And it's just, it's taken so much energy from me. And then I, I made a decision last night that I'm just like actually going to step away from this thing because if I can't be myself and my full self, and if you're not ready to accept me for my full self, then then it's not right. Then the timing's not right. Then it's not right. So why must I pretend to be something I'm not in order to service a place where you're at, which is nonsense. So, and then I read these things this morning was talking about dopamine in the brain being the drug of it's not the drug of satisfaction it's the drug of anticipation anticipating that something good is going to happen yes okay so like waiting for this relationship to happen when is is he going to be ready when is he going to message me when is so it's the anticipation more than the act of the thing that's happening that's so interesting Mm. okay so i was like oh that was such a relief for me going oh I'm just addicted to this Mm. feeling anticipation exactly and if I was maybe not uh and if it did come to fruition then would I be unhappy Mm. or would I be dissatisfied is it a letdown yeah so I was like oh okay well so let me let me just go back to surrender and purpose and the things that make me feel I don't want to I don't want to be in the search of joy I want to be in the search of peace and serenity. And that's what AA is all about. You know, it's all about the search of serenity. And I'm like, oh, I haven't been doing the work. And I'm just looking for another drug. 
and I've just been looking for love as a drug. And I'm like, and what an unfair thing for me to expect of another human being to fulfill being that drug. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so now that I've relinquished myself of that pressure of that thing, and I've released that person from the responsibility of fulfilling that thing for me, um, what a, like, great, fabulous, you know? It's so interesting because it was, I really wanted to speak to you about relationships uh, in relation to mental uh, health. Right. Um, but I firstly want to touch on, I want to ask you, walk me through your journey with personal health, um, with mental health right. rather. And why have you gotten to this point now where you really want to share your own journey? What kind of took you to the point where you want to share it? How did you get to the point where you realized, oh, this is something that I'm dealing with and moving through it. And then obviously getting to a point where you feel you have value to share with other people. Because I feel like a lot of times when we're in this dark space, you can really only think about yourself. You're not at the point where you can, you feel you can maybe help other people. Yeah, totally. Like, I mean, I've had a lot of people in my immediate space in the last couple of months that have been really suffering, uh, very close to me that have been really suffering. And what happened was I actually ran out of capacity to help those people because I didn't have anything to give. And then actually I had to pull away completely, which I'm sure must have felt like betrayal to them. But I mean, how am I going to help you if I'm dead? You know what I mean? So... I had to just pull back and cut off and just retract and just focus on myself again. And sure, I'm not a psychologist. I'm a person that experiences these things whose job in life is to be a comedian and being a comedian means that you articulate thoughts and then you share them on stage and you share them on different stages and you test it with different people and some people laugh and some people don't laugh and then you're like, oh, okay, this generally makes all these different people laugh, right? Just so that's like a like a data analyst, you know, like comedians are basically just glorified data <laughs> analysts. Um, and what I'm realizing is art articulation of like abstract things that aren't like that don't necessarily formally exist in our like social zeitgeist is a very specific skill. Mm. Um, you know, there was a stage where everyone was like, oh, comedians are all depressed. No, we're just the ones with the microphones. Everyone's depressed. Everyone's depressed. Everyone's, and and depressed, depressed is also a word that's like thrown around because people often confuse sadness with depression. What is the difference? Well, sadness is the experience of um, doing the same thing over and over again without reaping any it's a, sadness is a sensation of being stuck okay so say for example um i really want to be i really want a boyfriend i really want a boyfriend i really want a boyfriend i really want this to work out i really want a job i really want a job and I, you keep going for uh, interviews and you keep going for interviews and you keep going for interviews and nothing gives you feel stuck and frustrated and sad because you feel like you can't change the sensation this physiological sensation of sadness sadness is is a an emotion that we've attached to the sensation of being stuck right depression is a physiological um also diagnosis of a physiological a long-term physiological uh affliction which 
presents in different forms. Sometimes it's uh, undersleeping, sometimes it's oversleeping, sometimes it's undereating, sometimes it's overeating. Uh, those are the ways that the symptoms of depression um, present. Sh- present, thank you. Um, but if you look at the brain, it's due to lack of serotonin, you know, or and I'm, I'm learning about the hormones in the brain at the moment with this book that I'm reading, but... Um, I don't, I mean, I'm not a psychiatrist and I'm not a psychologist, but I kind of feel like that would be the most basic way of explaining it. It's a chemical, um, it's a chemical imbalance in your brain of depression, which is like a lack of serotonin. That's why they prescribe SSRIs, which are, um, stands for something, 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 uh, but basically it, it's fixes the serotonin imbalance in your brain so and and that then sensation of feeling stuck can also live in that world because you feel like you're stuck in this inability to feel joy you know and this inability to get out of this feeling of overwhelm or you unable to process any information you've got no motivation you're lacking purpose and so there's different ways i mean there's there's so many schools of thought and there's so many methods and tools and ways that people approach this thing you know um and there's like so many permutations of like like offshoots of depression so anxiety um or sometimes um sometimes it's like a horse before the cart sometimes you have anxiety first and then as a result of not addressing the anxiety depression can present or sometimes if you've got ADHD and it has not been um, correctly diagnosed and then that ADHD which is attention deficit disorder which is somebody that struggles to concentrate and is uh, you know what, I'm, I'm learning about ADHD at the moment. It's actually so misunderstood. What is the difference between ADD and ADHD? Basically, it's all ADHD, but it's um, one is hypo and one is hyper. Um, so it, one presents as somebody that can't sit still and the other one presents as somebody that's constantly tired or, you know, lost in thought and, um, you know, lethargic, etc. So... What happened with me, it seems as, because mental health diagnosis is dynamic. It's dynamic for a variety of reasons. It's dynamic because uh, symptoms present differently. It's dynamic because we're learning, yeah. um, uh, like as a as a, the medical science field is learning as uh, simultaneously to as we're learning. Medicines are changing. Uh, the brain gets used to certain medication and then works its way around it. It's a very cunning uh, instrument, the human brain. So it requires constant moderation and communication and like understanding in a very clear conversation with your psychiatrist. Um, we'll get into the lack of psychiatrists at some mm-hmm. other point. It's, there's a, it's a very big issue. There are only 650 psychiatrists in the whole of South Africa. Of those 650, only 400 of them, uh, 400 of them are in private practice. That means that there's only 200 psychiatrists servicing South Africa, a population of 59 million people, where mental health pre- like issues present in like one in four people. And do you feel 
I would say I know the answer to this. There is a stigma, mm. right, around mental health or around putting your hand up and saying, I'm struggling with my mental health. Yeah, sure. Yeah, there's a stigma because people don't want to feel seem weak. They don't mm. want to seem like that people want to be strong so that people invest in them, you know, because you want bases covered. Okay, cool. I need a job. I need a relationship. I need uh, security. So as soon as you are now uh, putting your hand up and admitting a weakness to somebody that they might not be able to tell from the outside. I, I would definitely agree with you. It's almost like if you go into an interview and as part of your interview, you're saying, sometimes I struggle with my mental health. Yeah. That's a really scary thing to do yeah because they're like why must i pay you you might just not pitch up for yeah. work for a few days but not saying it doesn't mean it doesn't exist and everyone at some point i would say struggles with their mental health yeah absolutely so. and you know what's so amazing so it, go back to the adhd conversation um from what i understand now um that adhd is no longer seen as a mental health condition um it is now uh, ADHD or people with ADHD are now classified as a different type of brain. So like an autistic brain or an ADHD brain, whereas like depression is seen as a mental health illness. Um, but ADHD is not seen as an illness. It's seen as a, the, a way that a brain functions and it's very different to an, a normal brain. So now what's amazing is I can actually say, you know what? Um, so I'm ADHD and this is why this is so valuable for your company <laughs> yeah. because actually that I can like conceptualize and see things in a completely different perspective to what you can because my brain is wired differently and the diversity of those kinds of thinking and that kind of thinking actually adds value but if we're not having these conversations and we don't know this about these things then we don't know and then to go back to the depression thing okay so now you've revealed this thing that i am uh i am struggling with depression or i'm struggling with my mental health what i've discovered due to the fact that more of us are having these conversations i was in the middle of a campaign last year with a client and i pushed back for a whole month and i said i'm so sorry but I'm having a depressive episode and I actually cannot fulfill my obligation in this space. And you know what? They were so understanding. They were so understanding. And, you know, like now, you know, a, a friend of mine, she would phone me and she's like, you know, I've got to go into this meeting now. And she's like a very powerful businesswoman. She's incredible. She's like, I just don't feel well. And like I just want to have a cry in the car and like it's a bit too much and I said you know what why don't you just message these people and say listen I'm having a bit of an episode my mental health is taking strain I just need like 10 minutes to collect myself in the car and I'll be with you guys shortly and she did that and as a result was met with so much compassion so much empathy so much understanding because as soon as you reveal the devil the demon you name the demon and you show it and you demystify it and everyone's like, oh yeah, the 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 bogeyman or the boogeyman under the bed that you, you're scared of. Don't worry. I've put the light on in the room. We were all scared of that thing. And um, it's okay. And once everybody can share that experience of, yeah, I've also experienced that. There's empathy. Because we're all on different uh, parts of the wave of that thing. You know, sometimes when you're weak, other people can be strong. Other times when you're strong and when other other people are weak. But the sooner that we have, the, I hate that word stigma or destigmatization, but the sooner we we start entering the this into like our ordinary conversations, the easier it is for us to just um, make make it easier to live with because now we can hold space for each other where we couldn't before. You know, people are suffering inside, but they don't have to be. They can, and, you know, I, I speak to a lot of men in this industry 
And the more I speak to men, I realize they don't know how to articulate anything that they're saying. They don't, they also think that they need to work out all their problems inside their head. I'm like, you know that it's like easier to sort your stuff out when you actually just say it out loud. Like imagine trying to, this is so great. I'm actually going to use this. I just thought of this now. Imagine trying to um, pack all your clothes in your cupboard and like sort them out, like fold them and stuff with your hands inside the cupboard, the cupboard doors close and you're blindfolded and you have to like fold all your clothes and sort them out. Did you just think of that now? I just thought of that you now. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, absolutely. So like that's what it's like trying to sort your thoughts out inside your head. Makes sense. You know? So much sense. Get it out. Like, you know, this, oh, this person that so stupid I'm so in love with this person and they're just an idiot anyway um <laughs> but I I could see that this person struggles with this stuff and then I was like well tell me what it is that you're struggling with and he like he was like this that and a third and as the words came out of his mouth he's like oh actually I feel better lighter said this stuff out loud yep. I was like yes am I allowed to swear on this thing yes okay <laughs> like, yes you fucking idiot <laughs> <laughs> you must be you yeah but uh, thank you don't but, censor yourself yeah, so i just i wish men knew that they were allowed to just it doesn't even mean to, i'm struggling with something just say what's on your mind share what's in your brain you know the, the responsibility of the world doesn't lie on your soul shoulders how important do you think you are <laughs> yeah i yeah i love what you're saying i agree that it is an issue with men I think in a way men need to be willing to embrace a bit more of their femininity mm. all men have we all have our masculinity and femininity within us but men feel they need to be a certain way to be masculine mm. if they can allow themselves to tap into that femininity which is the more sharing mm. um, maybe sometimes they feel we overshare and I found exactly what you have just articulated for myself when I'm in a dark space, mm. I book a session with my facilitator mm. within the first five minutes of me just explaining mm. to him what I'm going through. It's like, I feel this weight coming off me. It's you amazing. just feel lighter. Yeah. And then you can do the work. Exactly. Cause now you know what you're talking about. Just like when you're trying to explain a project or you're trying to like, uh, oh, my stylist just walked past. Um, when you're trying to... She's like, what are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> um, when you're trying to... So this is also why I don't understand people that work in advertising, okay? So you work in advertising. You know that in order to try and figure out a client, we sit down and we talk about it. Now, why can't you do that with your brain? No. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I'm, just, I'm so frustrated. So okay, so let's, how do people, because it's one thing to say, it, just talk about it, just open up, mm. okay? But there's obviously, I imagine a bit of shame. Mm, Sometimes sure. there's a bit of denial. Sure. So how do we train ourselves mm. to open up and to talk about these things and not fear the judgment? So, I mean, look, there's a lot of training that has to go into place. A lot of people need therapy. A lot of people need access to therapy. The border to entry to therapy is hard, especially when you don't have medical aid. It's a loop-de-loop-de-loop. -loop -loop. I have a solution, and I'm going to offer to offer it to you now. There is an app called Panda. Uh, you go into Join Panda. I'm currently working with them because I got access to this, and I was like, oh, this is going to change people's lives all around the world. And 
with immediate effect. So essentially it's an app where you can, um, do you know what Clubhouse is or Twitter Spaces? Do you know what those things are? And I have gone on the Panda app. Have as you well. gone on you, the Panda app? You okay. recommended oh, it cool. and I had a look and at it. And how did you feel about like, so, the, okay, so let me just explain to the listener. Um, essentially, it's an app where you can join different sessions. So there's different, uh, like, um, they call it the forest, which is like the safe space where everybody goes and, and logs onto different sessions. So there can be sessions on um men needing to talk out loud shame guilt loops or you know uh, understanding what depression is whatever the case may be there are, there are always live sessions that are happening in the forest but if you need to speak directly to a therapist there are always therapists online therapists and counselors that are always online on the app that you can speak to directly and immediately in order for them to then push you into the correct um, place for you to get the specific type of help that you need what's great about it is that it's um, anonymous um, so you don't you can give yourself a fake name and or a you know a lovely name you can call yourself moon unit june bug starship whatever um, and and you know what I, so i'm because i'm busy working with the people on the app as well i i have suggested some changes that might need to be made. Some people don't like to talk out loud. Uh, they might like to type yes. better, you know, and even articulating yourself as you're typing is just as freeing and uh, for me. I guess uh, it's almost like journaling. Sure. You're getting it out of your head and onto... Onto a something or yeah. onto a space. So uh, without like just this just shortcuts absolutely everything it shortcuts having to get an appointment it, it and once you're speaking to a therapist then they can push you into the right direction of course there is sadag which is the south african depression and anxiety group which is a as well as lifeline these are t uh, um what's it toll-free hotlines but i don't know if toll-free works on cell phones anymore i actually don't oh, know good point. um but yeah, so you basically you can phone those numbers to speak to um, an online uh, therapist if you need to speak to someone on the phone, if that's your preferred method of um, uh, communication or whatever. So there are all these immediate spaces that you can go to if it is a critical situation, okay? And not just critical, if you need regular conversations with that thing. And if you need, so a lot of the people that follow me on social media that have since started using the app are really into it and like are, have started their own little groups and their own little sessions. And it's actually really quite powerful. I really like what's happening in that space. And it didn't require any more energy from me than what I, you know, I could only give a certain amount. And what I did was just direct people in that space. And that was valuable enough so that was also just like a great way for me to preserve energy because i often overcommit to a lot of people and a lot of things because i want to help people but i can't always yeah when you know someone so aside from these apps i mm. think firstly i think that panda app is great i love the way they've put it together mm. it's light it mm. feels light to use mm. i love that they use the forest mm. you know you don't you can go there like you said whether it's something really urgent or you just want to actually maintain uh, your mental health and work on it so yeah I also I think it's a great great app so I wanted to go back to what we touched on earlier in terms of relationships Ugh, yeah. I know boring no it's the best <laughs> she's like okay actually my time is right now. <laughs> um there's so I much have, I haven't been in a serious 
committed, monogamous, healthy relationship in 15 years. What do you put that down to? Or that's by choice? No, I put it down to insanity. You know, I was either on drugs or I was dealing with my mental health or I was in such a position of low self-worth that I would settle for being a side chick or, you know, being somebody that someone is on again, off again with because they don't want to choose me, not being chosen, having low self-esteem, all of this kind of stuff or being busy working and then only settling for like physical relationships with like, you know, a couple of people on a rotation for like five years, you know. Um. <laughs> and do you feel like now you are in a good space to entertain the type of relationship that you want to have? Well, even the point of me going, this is not something that I'm, I'm willing to put myself in a position for, is it's a, a step, big step. It's yeah. a huge step. Yeah, That on its own is a completely different narrative to what I've lived with before. I guess that's a self-worth thing. Totally. Right? Totally. A lot of work on my self-worth. What I has improved? What has most helped you to improve your self-worth? Um, so there's this great podcast called uh, Expanded. Um, there's a woman named Lacey Phillips. And she has this course called To Be Magnetic, um, which is really phenomenal. Just about like, you know, changing the neuro paths in your brain and using like meditation and energetic uh understanding to just do like uh hypnotize yourself essentially joe Dispenza is also somebody that you could go into if you're into like neuro like neuroplasticity so basically like retraining your brain reparenting yourself working on that shadow stuff and like just putting yourself in a position to change the way that you value yourself and stepping into your power i'm using all these like uh zeitgeisty words and they seem like catchy words but go and research these words that I'm using neuroplasticity um shadow work all of these things I mean those are all conversations on their own those are all like two-hour conversations on their own but yes I am um, with, with I saw you smile at Lacey and at uh, or to be to be magnetic and at Joe Dispenza so like yeah what's, what's, so no to be magnetic it's shall we call it an area yeah. that I'm interested in Good. and that they are, you can become a more magnetic person. Mm. Like some people label people as charismatic or magnetic, but you can become that person. Yeah. Um, so I just love the concept of that. Yeah. And then with Joe Dispenza, I actually thought of him earlier when you were talking about these feelings and the anticipation and the dopamine mm. and I heard him speak about how we get addicted to certain emotions. Yes. This blew my mind. Even an emotion that we don't like feeling. I'm addicted to uh, jealousy, resentment, anger, frustration, like all of those kinds of things. And as I was recognizing, I was like, ah! You know, I was even addicted to anxiety. I think so many people are. There's that familiarity. Yeah. In the safety and the thing that you already know. Yeah. you like... Oh, there's my anxiety. Okay, everything's fine because yes. I'm anxious. Yes, so that you, 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 then you create the chaos. Yeah. You look for the drama. 
some people I know are addicted to drama. There was a stage where I think that I was as well, but I was actually surrounded by people that were addicted to drama. And then I was like, you know, those people where they're always like, oh, you know, and then this one is in hospital. And then mm-hmm. like that have been like that, not like in a pandemic, but have always been like that. There's always someone around them that's sick and someone around them that's in a hospital and someone around them that's, you know, and I'm just like, oh, but you like this. Yes. But what is that person getting out of that? What, I, who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Not my shit. I don't care. Or pity maybe or whatever. attention. I don't whatever. Know. Victim. Mm. I don't know. I, I, I'm I, just like, now I see it. It's so real to me. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. And I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm not going to come and play on that playground. There are, there's worms in that sandpit. <laughs> <laughs> no. So let's say you are actively working on your mental health Mm. you're not in the best space in your Mm. mental health but you want the relationship i know some people put relationship on the back burner they say i'm working on me sometimes that's you don't want to do it that way how do you um look there's a few things so at the moment this is exactly what this person's saying to me is like i want to work on myself and i'm just like fine fucking go work on yourself stupid asshole (laughs) um (laughs) but then i also have this theory if you really want to be with someone yeah you're with them and then you work on things together yeah but i think this person needs space in their life i genuinely think they do and if i had any sort of grace or kindness or compassion which you do which i do which is a it's frustrating because i'm a very instant gratification kind of person i just want to see them and lick his face uh but i can't because this person is actually not in a position to offer me anything this person is empty so I can totally understand that. However, I've spent this last time like really getting to know myself. I'm in a good You're space. Like, I'm so ready. I'm so ready. And this person's not ready. And then I had to look at the, the universe and go, well, maybe, maybe this is not the thing then. And that's also okay. And then I was like, oh, wait. Then the stuff that I read this morning, I was like, well, maybe, maybe I think I'm ready, but I'm actually not. So, so there's two things that can happen. You know, if you get into a relationship with somebody when you're at a specific level of like understanding yourself, you're only going to be able to match with somebody that's on that same level of understanding. If you are on a higher level of like frequency, Frequency. you're going to match with someone that's on a higher frequency. Those other people just become invisible. So there's a time, you know, you're like, why am I always, why are married men always talking to me? And you're like, well, what are you attracting? What are you accepting in terms of behavior? Like, what kind of behavior are you accepting? Like, are you letting this person actually talk to you like that? Mm. They would never talk to my friend like that. Why would they never talk to my friend like that? Because my friend closes her energy, does not even a lot, would never entertain a conversation like that. And you're like, oh, but so, so I actually have control of this conversation. I have control of this narrative. I'm not a victim to it. Mm. What bullshit is that? Anyway, so I, I've just been changing my mind about a lot of things because I mean, this was my narrative like, oh, I'm an entertainer. So everybody thinks that I'm like the spice of life and that I'm a flight risk. And that's why like these powerful men who are like um, all like, you know, have everything sorted and then they're looking for like spice in their life. Then they come to me because they think that, you know, I'm just going to add, actually, no. I'm not a flight risk. I'm actually a very uh, structured, regimented, um, uh, reliable, solid. Guys, if you're a comedian and you've bought a house, 
If the bank can trust me, I had to give them three years of financial statements of my company. When did you buy your house? Um, the first one I bought in 2019. The first one? Well, then I sold it immediately and then bought another place. But I'm actually busy building a property portfolio. Oh, wow. Investing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, there's so many things I can talk to you about. I'm tired. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I think... I think you've shared a lot. Mm. I I really love that you're just opening up the conversation. Mm. People see someone like you. Obviously, you are successful Mm. and you're willing to talk about this. You also struggle with these things. Mm. It's beautiful because we all do. And I think we always look at successful people and think they don't go through the same struggles or they didn't start at a point and have worked to get to this Guys, I was homeless. I was sleeping on the floor of a drug dealer's uh, apartment. With a, like maybe nine other people in a one-bedroom apartment in Brownfontein on the floor with no blanket, just the clothes on my back. You want to talk about coming from nothing? Let me tell you something. What is the first thing I'm wrapping up? But mm. what is the first thing that someone should do when they feel they are either at rock bottom or they just actually feel hopeless and they don't know what that next step is? They don't even feel that they are worth the life that they might dream of. You know, um, at that stage, obviously when you've got nothing, you don't even have money to go and see a therapist or anything like that. If you uh, And most people still always have access to uh, a cell phone and information. At that time, it wasn't that. It, I, you had to go to an internet cafe to go and look stuff up. I found support groups. I found um, anything that was free that I could get help from. So what's amazing about AA, because a lot of the time when you get to like rock bottom and maybe if you're not even an alcoholic, but there are so many other 12-step programs like Al-Anon, which is like being the partner or living with somebody that's an alcoholic or sex and love addiction, which is like when you just go from relationship to relationship, it doesn't mean that you're like having sex in the pantry or maybe that's your thing, you know, so like sex and love addiction um, is a very interesting one. There's Overeaters Anonymous. There's um, Codependency uh, Anonymous, which is very interesting. I just read an incredible book on codependency. And you know what's amazing about reading this book on codependency is that I realized that I'm no longer there. I was like, because that was the hardest thing for me to come out of. Um, of all the addictions, codependency was my biggest one. All my friendships were codependent. My relationship with my mother, codependent. You know, this pandemic has taught me or has given me the greatest gift I could ever ask for, which is emotional sovereignty. And I don't require that from my mother. And we had such an incredibly codependent relationship. And maybe that's why I feel like I'm ready for a a love relationship because I don't feel like I need to get the emotional support Mm -hmm. from a partner. Um, It's something you're stepping into out of choice, not out of necessity. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, as I say, like with, with regards to the relationship stuff, there's something we say in AA, anything that you put in front of your recovery, you will lose. So, yes, work on yourself first. And then lastly, what does it mean for you to live a world-class life? Mm. Choice. The freedom of choice? Yeah. The freedom of choice. How do you get the freedom of choice? The irony is you get the freedom of choice from making decisions. <laughs> so when you just, there was a time where I just didn't want to make decisions. So like 
I want to get drunk. I don't know how I'm going to get drunk. I know someone's going to pay for it. And then someone has to rescue me at the end of this. So I would get put myself in a position where I had to be rescued constantly. And what's why do you need to get rescued? Because you don't have a choice. So, but how did I get there to the first place? Bad I made decisions. bad decisions. So, yeah. Decisions. And choices. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Nina, thank you so much for your time. Thank cool. you for being here. Thank you for exemplifying this thing. <laughs> thank you for being successful and also being vulnerable and taking everyone on your journey. I think it's so helpful and thank I really appreciate you. Thank it. Thank you so much. I'm, you know, I don't know what you believe in spiritually, but you caught me on such a good day. <laughs> <laughs> if you caught me yesterday, I was a mess. I was uh, I was cranky. I physically didn't feel well. I think I was coming down with something for the last couple of days. But I woke up actually physically feeling better today. My you know my throat wasn't sore. I was I was like oh my god do I have corona? And then I realized no, I just had sinus and I was quite tired. But um, I was like yeah, I'm feeling physically great today. I'm like I've got a lot of energy. I've got a lot of hope. Feeling a lot of purpose. Um, and that's another thing. If you're feeling very lost and you're feeling like you don't have any direction and you're feeling quite low, maybe just put your, like, give yourself some time to think about what it is you, you want to, like, what purpose you want to fulfill in this world. And just the idea of being able to chase that purpose is going to make you feel better. I love that. Thanks again. Until next time. Until next time. This was great. Thank you. Have a lovely day. You too. Bye.